Hey there, welcome to Beyond the Bikini podcast, where you can enhance your body and your mind. My name is Nicole Ferrier, exercise science grad, certified personal trainer, bikini competitor, and coach. On this podcast, you will learn more about my experience in the fitness industry, competing in bikini competitions, mental health, and how to gain more success in your own life in your fitness journey. So sit back, relax, or power through this cardio session and enjoy. Welcome back, guys, to another episode of Beyond the Bikini Radio, and today's episode is going to be a solo episode. I feel like I've had a lot of guests on recently, and I always appreciate you guys and your support on iTunes with those ratings and reviews, but I wanted to do a fun little solo episode, and this is going to be hard conversations that I've had to have with clients before. As your host, guys, I am a full-time online coach. Um, I've been working with others for about eight years now in the fitness space, got my undergrad in exercise science, and I've been full-time online since 2018. Now, I have had quite a few hard conversations, and we're going to walk through them because maybe some of them might resonate with you. Hard conversation number one is going to be the conversation of a client needing to reverse diet. This is usually the client who was wanting to initially lose body weight. Um, You know, they feel like they've done everything, but they're dieting to a, a extreme level. So maybe they're coming to me after two, three, four plus years of dieting really hardcore and they have a bad relationship with food they are not in the best place health-wise, and they're in this mindset of, I want to grind, grind, grind towards my goals. I want to get leaner. I know that I just have to push harder, when in reality, they actually have to step back. Now, I know a lot of people might hear their coach say, hey, you need to reverse diet before we can diet in the future, and what you need to do in that situation is open up your ears. (laughs) If you have a coach that is saying, I need to reverse diet you before dieting you, and this is, again, for the person who's been super consistent, you weigh out everything, you're not drinking a lot of alcohol, you're you know not going out to eat all the time, like you are on point and you're still not seeing changes. If your coach or whoever you're reaching out to or applying says, hey, I think we need to work on reverse dieting and more of a health phase, you shouldn't be turning your back and trying to hire a coach that will say, oh yeah, like I'll diet you, no problem. Because you have to be realistic with yourself. If you're coming to a coach with 1,400 calories that you're maintaining your weight at, again, super precise of tracking, where are you going to realistically go from there? Are you going to go down to 1,000 calories? Are you going to go down to 800 calories? If someone says no, a coach says no, we are not going into a deficit It is because they care about you. It's not that they don't think your goals are unrealistic. They just realize that those goals that you have set for yourself would have to be achieved in a very unsafe way. So if anything, they've got a very nurturing look on you and hand on you saying, hey, I want to reverse diet you first. If you think about it from a coaching perspective, I, I would love to diet everyone right away. That would be wonderful. But reality is, is it doesn't always work like that. 
Um, as a coach, of course, I want to get you to your goal as fast as we can. But your health at the end of the day has to be put a priority um, before anything else. And so I appreciate the I'll do whatever it takes mindset and I'll work super hard. I really do appreciate it because trust me, I have been you too. I have been the person that will do anything to reach their goals that I've dug myself into a hole and completely destroyed my internal health. Okay, I get it. But if we say, if like, if a coach says, if Coach Alec or Coach Nicole, me, I hate like talking about myself in third person. If we are talking about reverse dieting, you need to reverse diet. Okay. Um, regardless, I mean, fat loss is a phase. Like you cannot be in a fat loss phase forever. Um, you should be living most of your life in maintenance or even in a slight surplus, but you shouldn't be living in, in fat loss. Like Here on Beyond the Bikini, we talk a lot about training and nutrition. Trust me, it can be challenging to hit your fitness goals on your own. There is so much out there when it comes to working out, hitting your nutrition, and finding the plan that's right for you and your goals. Now, one thing that can make that a lot easier is hiring a coach and getting support towards your goals. I'm happy to say that I do offer online health and fitness coaching. I have plans that vary from support with training and nutrition and just your nutrition, and I even offer challenges throughout the year. If that sounds like something you're interested in, make sure you check out that description box down below. You can also find more details on my coaching services at NicoleFerrierFitness.com or even on Instagram at NicoleFerrierFitness. All right, now back to the episode. If you can't remember the last time that you haven't dieted, then you're probably going to need to take a break from dieting. Simple as that. So I know it's easier said than done, but don't put up the resistance. Don't like push that person away that is like saying, hey, like, you know, I really think that we should reverse diet. Just be open, be open to it. Because to be honest, you shouldn't be digging your feet in the ground and like be suffering in order to lose body fat. Does fat loss require sacrifice? Absolutely, but it shouldn't be brutal. Okay, let's go into another hard conversation. And that is when it comes to macro tracking. So macros is a tool that I like to utilize with my clients. But one thing that a lot of people struggle with is pre-tracking. They consistently try to wing it. So they're either tracking throughout the day or they've pre-tracked their entire day and then they completely try to change it the day of. Um, And it causes them to be really stressed out with their nutrition It causes them to be inconsistent with hitting their macro protocols. So maybe they're low or high on carbs and fats and and their protein, you know, those are all over the place. And in return, they're not seeing progress. If your coach is saying pre-track your day, you got to pre-track your day. Simple as that. You cannot have, let me reverse. You can have the perfect plan in front of you, but if you aren't, taking time to plan out your day on how you're going to execute said plan, nothing is going to get done. I used this analogy recently, and that is, you know, giving macros like a budget. Okay, so let's think of macros like money. If we have two scenarios here, one scenario is I give you the money and I say, go into the mall, you've got an hour, buy whatever you want, right? You're probably going to go a little bit crazy. There's not going to be a whole lot of structure. 
you're going to feel maybe a little bit frazzled on where to spend your money, or you run out of money really fast. Okay. Scenario two, Hey, here's the money. I need you to get this, this, and this at this, this, and this store. And then you go into the mall, you feel more organized, you feel structured. Um, you know that you're going to have enough money to buy these said things. And so you feel more at ease. That's really what pre-tracking is. Now, I understand having like a whole pre-track day where maybe you see your lunch and you're not the most jazzed about having like sweet potato, chicken, green beans, and olive oil. I get it. We're not always in the mood to eat our, our healthy foods, right? But we still need to follow through with it. I think oftentimes, like even as adults, we can act like children sometimes where we're like, well, I don't want that, so I'm not going to eat it. And it's like, well, that's not really helping you. So if you've pre-tracked something that doesn't really jazz your your um, taste buds that much, it's normal, okay? Not every single meal that you have is going to be this like five-star amazing experience. There's plenty of times where I wouldn't say I hate my food, but like there's plenty of times where I'm not in the mood for certain meals that I have on a regular basis, but I know that they feel good for me. I know that they're easy for me to prepare. I know that they help me reach my goals. And that's what's the most important to me. You know, is taste the most important to me or is reaching my goals the most important to me? And again, I'm not saying you have to eat boiled chicken and steamed rice and plain vegetables. Like, come on, like have fun with your food. Of course, spice it up. You can you can definitely um, have a lot of fun while, while tracking macros. But if you're just trying to... Um, you know, wing it each and every single day, you're really, really going to struggle. Um, You would struggle with any sort of nutritional plan. You would struggle with any plan in general, right? You would struggle with that shopping spree. Imagine you just jumping in your car, going to a new location saying, ah, I'm not looking at a map. I'm just going to wing it. We don't need to route out anything. We're just, I'm going to wing it and and try to get through this 10-hour road trip. That would be super inefficient. So we need to take time to pre-track. Simple as that. Next hard conversation is like scale up session. I know that I talk a lot about body image and scale weight on my podcast. And I know a lot of people struggle with weighing in. The scale at the end of the day is just one of many tools that we can use to keep track of physical progress. For a lot of my clients, I am having them gather, you know, progress pictures and measurements. Um, This isn't everything that I have them collect. Those are just like the physical progress markers and scale weight. Now, if I notice that a client is weighing in and they are incredibly stressed out, they're not looking forward to it. The scale is causing a lot of anxiety. And this is after the conversation of going through scale fluctuations and why they happen And if you're new here and you don't realize that the scale fluctuates, it does. (laughs) Um, Regardless of what phase you're in, the scale is going to fluctuate about plus or minus two to three pounds, I would say. Um, For women in particular, it can even fluctuate more for us because of our menstrual cycles. So the scale is always going to fluctuate, even if you're in a fat loss phase. Like you're not going to decide to be in a fat loss phase and the scale drop each each and every single day, each and every single week. That's also not normal. Um, But if you're still struggling with the scale jumping up and feeling like it's giving you this like mental negative spiral or it's 
bleeding into your um, body image where it becomes really negative and then you have a lot of negative self-talk, then we might need to work on removing the scale. Of course, I want everybody to be able to step on the scale and feel empowered because I do feel like we need to work on making it a more neutral experience. Um, For a lot of us, you know, the scale can be very anxiety provoking. And so I do feel like exposure therapy (laughs) is what I like to call it. Exposure therapy in conjunction with education on why the scale might be up or down or the same or whatever it might be. I do feel like that can help empower someone. But again, there's still some people where the scale just rattles them. And so if that's the case, then you don't need to weigh in. I have one client in particular. She, looking at her pictures, looks like she's lost like, no joke, 30 pounds. But she has not weighed in once. We've been working together for almost a year. and We've only done progress pictures and measurements. And so I think a lot of people think, well, if I'm not weighing in, Nicole... How do I know if I'm losing weight? You'll know. (laughs) You'll know if you're losing weight because you can still track progress through your progress pictures, through your measurements, and also just through how your clothes are fitting. You know, are you needing to size down? Are certain things like fitting a little bit better on you? That's a great sign that you're moving in the right direction, but we don't need to be validating our progress just off of the scale alone. Um, we should look at, the, look at the big picture. And one cheesy saying that I say quite often is we should be chasing a look, not a number. Um, this is in particular for my more petite clients who are looking to build muscle. If you're less than, you know, 130 pounds and you're very lean already, but or even skinny fat, you know, and you're looking to gain more muscle, we don't need to be looking at the scale because your healthiest body, your your goal body might be heavier than what you think. Um, this is like something I used to struggle with when I first started my fitness journey. You know, I was, I think, less than 120 pounds. And I remember my first year gaining like 16 or 18 pounds. And I was like, oh my gosh. Um, and it was purely a lot of newbie gains because it was a brand new stimulus for me, but it was scary. And I think a lot of people still have a lot of fear around the scale. So again, if you have that anxiety, one, you can work on educating yourself more on why these fluctuations are happening. But if your coach tells you not to weigh in, like don't weigh in because we know it's giving you issues. Again, um, being coachable is huge. And so this is another hard conversation. I wouldn't say this is a conversation I, I genuinely have with clients, but this is something that I notice with some people. And um, that is being coachable. If you hire a coach, you have to be coachable. If you are starting a class, an online class, or going back to college, you have to be a good student, okay? Um, being coachable doesn't mean never asking questions. Being coachable doesn't mean um, ever asking for modifications, you know? Being coachable means being open to what your coach has to say. It means being open to trying new things. It means being open to challenging yourself. It means letting go of being stubborn. <laughs> and I, I'm someone who, who can actually be quite stubborn. But when you hire a coach, you need to be surrendering some of that. I think a lot of people will 
hire a coach and then they're going behind their coach's back and asking other coaches questions, which that's a huge red flag that you don't have trust in who you've hired in who you've hired. Um, I see other people who they're still seeking information online and then they get really stressed out because they see an Instagram post or a TikTok post and they're like, oh my gosh, I just found out that, you know, this, this, uh, food is going to kill me or whatever it might be. It's just something crazy. And it's like, all right, if you've hired a coach, you cannot have, you know, information coming from coach and then your friend and then your coworker and then social media. And then this other coach that you're DMing, that is so much noise. And so of course it's going to be hard to be coachable when you've got, you know, 20 different voices, you know, talking to you. So what you need to do instead is take your little earmuffs and let that voice in, let me say earphones, take your little earphones, put those in your ears and let the voice that you hear just be your coach. That's it. If you've hired them for 12 weeks, six months, a year long, give them that time. That's it. <laughs> um, because you're going to get really confused. Okay. Now, if you have questions, again, your coach shouldn't be like, don't ask me questions, things like that. But, you know, being coachable also means like if they are giving you tools that you're applying those tools, you know, for example, going back to the whole pre-tracking, if your coach says pre-track your day or do this little homework assignment, you should be doing it so you can get better. Um, You're not going to be better at, you know, your fitness goals or, or be able to achieve your fitness goals if you're not being open to learn and apply the tools necessary. Um, I was also having this conversation with a client where, you know, she was struggling a little bit with emotional eating and she had a huge array of different tools that we would utilize for more mindful eating practices. Like we're talking like seven, seven different tools, like, you know, journaling and utilizing halt and utilizing a timer and utilizing, um, you know, recording, like there's so many tools that we, we named and I just had to sit down with her and I said, Hey, have you actually really applied any of these tools or are these tools just sitting in your toolbox? And she's like, honestly, you're right. Like I need to apply these tools. And yeah, that's part of coaching is like, I get sometimes it can be overwhelming, but if you're not applying what your coach is asking you to do, like they might try to keep throwing different tools at you, but you have to apply it. I have like a funny coaching story too. So I hired a coach in particular where I will say initially I was like, oh no, this is a bad fit. Like I'm not sure about this. And, you know, I will say being a coach myself, hiring another coach, sometimes, you know, there can be a little bit of like clashing um, because it's like the same space. But then I just got to the point where this was like four weeks into the process where I'm like, I'm just gonna, you know, surrender to the process and give it a go. And so I did. And surprisingly, I actually have been working with this person for almost nine months now. And initially, like four weeks into the process, I was like, I don't know about this. Like, I don't know if I'm going to keep working with them. Sometimes your coach just needs time too. Your coach isn't like a magic genie where they're going to be able to get you results overnight. Um, sometimes their philosophy and what they're applying might feel a little bit different, a little bit weird, um, but you just got to kind of give it a go. And that's what I did in this scenario. I, I really surrendered to the process. Again, guys, I can be stubborn. Um, and I was like, I'm just going to let go of that stubbornness and, and just give it a go. And I feel like I've really been able to see a lot of 
great changes while working with this person. And so maybe you're going through the same scenario where it's like, maybe it's not the coach. Maybe you're just not being coachable. (laughs) And I know that's a hard conversation to have. The last thing that we're going to talk about is just setting realistic goals. I think a lot of people are very ambitious and I don't think that's a bad thing. But when it comes to your fitness goals, we have to set realistic ones. For example, if you're wanting to lose weight, you can't expect to lose weight each and every single week. You're going to have moments where your body stalls. Um, If you're in your 60s, stop comparing to women in their 20s. (laughs) If you are a mom and your schedule is hectic, stop comparing to women who don't have children. You know, we have to be very realistic with our expectations. And I'm not saying that we need to, you know, lower any sort of standard for ourselves, but it's more so educating ourselves on what's going to be realistic for us. Um, One of the biggest things I hear in this space, especially since I talk a lot about bodybuilding is, hey, Nicole, I want to look like a competitor, but I don't want to compete. And little do they know that that is such a unrealistic goal. This is why I'm very passionate about educating behind why being super lean is unhealthy (laughs) and it's not sustainable and that nobody looks like that year round, but this person might not know that. So if someone says that a certain goal might not be healthy or attainable, um, specifically I should say your coach, don't put up a wall, don't say, oh my gosh, this person has no idea what they're talking about. They're probably helping you out. Trying to achieve 10% body fat as a woman is not a realistic goal. Trying to be a marathon runner, endurance runner, while also looking like a bodybuilder and having all this muscle tissue is not a realistic goal. Um, Being able to lose body fat, but go out to eat and drink alcohol heavily is not a realistic goal, okay? We, we need to be real with ourselves. And that can be a hard thing, you know? We, a lot of people want it all, specifically for fat loss. A lot of people want to be able to be spontaneous with food and be able to never be hungry and for it to be sunshine and rainbows and so lose weight, right? But it, it's not like that. You know, losing weight does require sacrifice. Now, I'm not saying it has to be this, like, horrible experience, but losing weight is going to be a little uncomfortable. Same with, um, you know... When it comes to like that, the marathon running and, and bodybuilding, like you're sending mixed messages to your body, you know? So we have to be realistic with ourselves on like which goal is more important for us. So setting um, a standard for yourself and, and recognizing some of your goals might be unrealistic can be tough to hear. But, you know, as a coach, like we're just trying to redirect you in a way where you're going to feel successful where you're going to feel like you're actually making some progress towards your goal and that you're not like getting discouraged by comparing your body to someone that photoshops on Instagram. (laughs) Because there are a lot of people that photoshop. I do not photoshop, but there's a lot of people that photoshop. So anyway, uh, I hope that this episode was helpful for you guys. Again, hard conversations, they need to be had when you're working with a coach. They might even need to be had with yourself. And um, if this episode was helpful for you, I would love if you guys could share it on your social media. You can always tag me at Nicole Ferrier Fitness, your host, and I will see you in the next episode.